Hello and welcome to this week's episode of BWB Extra, where we continue our conversation with Suki Jutler, co-founder and COO of Market Orders. We take a deeper look at today's gold jewellery industry and get to hear about how Suki believes it can be revolutionised with her platform Marketplace. From progress on the shop floor to turning jewellery into NFTs and entering the metaverse, big visions lead the way in today's episode. Welcome to Gold Goes Digital. So the very traditional model is you would have wholesalers who would personally fly out to um, uh, different suppliers, go into their factories and buy 10 or 20 kilos of gold jewellery. And they'll literally bring it back in a a suitcase on the aeroplane. And then they would go shop to shop, open the briefcase. Declaring it, of course, when they came to customs. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 100%. And then they would go to the individual shop owners and then just ask them to purchase and select whatever they wanted. But the problem with that model is... It's very difficult to um, verify that the product is 22 karat gold or 24 karat gold. And this entire process is very much dominating on the fact that you trust the wholesaler, that he's going to get you the products that you've asked for. And why do I know this? Because in a previous lifetime in a previous business, this is the sort of thing that I was doing with my co-founder. We were wholesalers bringing products in and then trying to sell them. Yes, so do you, in that scenario, would you be going out knowing what you were shopping for or you'd be buying stuff and taking a punt on whether the people in the on the high street are going to buy it off you? You're spot on. So what's happening is because there isn't much uh, data or information flowing from the customer and what they're buying all the way to the supplier, the supplier just basically produces whatever he wants based on the machinery that that he has. So one of our suppliers, he only specializes in certain chains and each machine, it's cost him like £200,000 so he can create that chain. So he's not going to create something else. He'll only create what he has. So what happens is the, the supply chain is very downward focused. So it's more about what the supplier is pushing down. What the down. machine can make. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And because and who's the, telling the machine companies what to make? But yeah, yeah. And then what's happening is you, you the, the journey of the customer or, or the product is it goes from the supplier to the wholesaler to the independent shop owner, and he doesn't actually have any other way of purchasing his stock other than someone walking into his shop because no one really, none of the. Is that how, that's it? He's just waiting for someone to come in with literally a, with, with with a, a carry on. Literally, you know. he's probably having a cup of tea and he's just waiting for someone to walk in uh, because none of our suppliers have an online presence. Right. We actually have to go to their factory, develop that relationship, and then actually they'll say, okay, this is our stock. So they, they, I don't know, they're not really incentivized to have an online shop. They must, they must, it must already be successful, their model, because mm-hmm. otherwise they would have had to set up the websites or whatever. Yeah, or... I think it's kind of like that system of if it's not broke, yeah. you know, why change it? But I think me and my co-founder, we are um, outsiders to the industry. We are more coming from a technology banking background. So we were looking at, well, we, this could be done a lot more in an efficient manner. But when you are in that industry, you're very l- reluctant to basically change it. And that's the way we saw it. So when we set about to create market orders, we thought, how can we get the, how can we empower the shop owner who actually knows what's selling? He knows 
what items are selling. He knows what seasonal, um, uh, you know, celebrations are coming and what needs to be sold. And the number one uh, complaint we heard from him was every time I ask for a certain item, it only comes like three months later and then it's like, you know, Valentine's Day, so I can't push the products now. So we said, why don't we shift the... Uh, balance of power to the retailer. So now you can go online and you can pick exactly the products that you want. And then those orders get shipped to the uh, supplier. And in that way, what we're also trying to do is make the um, process so much more efficient. Oh, it gets shipped to the supplier, not to the retailer. No, sorry. I meant the, the, the order. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the order goes to the supplier and then he's able to say, okay, I now know that. Damn it. I haven't got one of their machines. <laughs> <laughs> so if he, you know, he knows what he needs to, uh, um, produce and he knows that it will sell as well because another problem that we have in this industry is um, I, I mean it's it's a good good plus point that gold is recyclable you know mm. uh, you can melt it back down and recustom it and make it into something else but every time you do that there's a costs involved in sending the products back to the factory and then there's a cost involved in melting it and then redesigning the items into another product and what I find and what we saw is there's a lot of guesswork involved they're just trying to guess maybe we'll do like I don't know seashell designs and see if that goes or flower designs but what we really want to do is empower the shop owner he knows what sells and we also want to uh, work with designers who can actually like create um, beautiful designs and then maybe we can do 3D printing or we can send those designs to the um, uh, supplier and say are you in a position to to sell these and we can show that they will shift. Presumably yeah it gives the shopkeepers more say in the marketplace because they can gather together and go well we all really want I don't know dinosaurs obviously <laughs> yeah best thing to have on a necklace absolutely we, you know but we all really want that and therefore we have a lot more power to say to the suppliers and yeah. the manufacturers start making it yeah absolutely and this entire industry it's quite opaque because um you're dealing with really high value items. It's quite closed network. It's very um, trusted um, people that you work with. So every factory has trusted uh, um, third party wholesalers that they work with. And then every shop has like um, a wholesaler that he will work with. So it's very localized. And so the shop owner, he feeds on like Brentford High Street. He's not going to get designs that someone in Manchester is getting. Because so it feels it like you're going back to the 19th century like to a kind of style of of shopkeeping that hasn't changed for years and years and years. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, especially with the gold industry, they're actually quite, they, I don't feel that they fully embrace the digital transformation because they still feel that, oh, customers want to touch and feel the item and people are scared of spending £10,000 on a, and ordering a gold necklace simply online. But what they don't understand is that consumers today are, much more willing to actually spend a lot more money online and not necessarily actually uh, trying things out. That's what I was going to ask from even the, the guy coming around with the uh, the, the carry-on. You know, does the, does, it's very tactile. We've all bought something on the internet. You know, I've got some amusingly sized objects <laughs> in my house that aren't quite right. But, you know, is it... Um, 
there's not, you know, within your website and you selling to the retailer, the retailer doesn't want to see it or you use AI, you use good pictures, you use everything now? Yeah, so we have invested, actually. We, we made a, a, a good investment in doing really amazing photography. Yeah. So some of the pictures that we've seen were like really literally dusty notebooks at the factory. Yeah. And these pictures were like probably pixelated done on... Yeah, pixelated yeah. with a really bad laser printer. Done with you, a Nokia phone. <laughs> yeah, black and white pictures. Sid does them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sitting at the back <laughs> in oh, the basement. Got another one, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so we actually invested in photography. So when we launch our new shop, we'll be able to see incredible pictures and the item. You can see it from different angles, and we also want to, you know, because selling now is much more social and our customers are more younger demographic and maybe more female orientated. We want to create videos, snippets of the item. So it's as real as possible. And lately I've just become really fascinated with the metaverse and using AI and uh, augmented reality. So I've got a vision where customers can put a headset on and actually go to the uh, retailer's shop, the local jewelers. Why bother with the shop? Why not just go to the wholesaler? <laughs> skip out, skip out. No, I'm, you know, I'm being you know, devil's advocate, but is yeah. that where it goes? I so mean, if you were to buy an item, the wholesaler wouldn't sell it to you because he would say to you, if you want this one item, you have to take like 100,000 units because that's what I'm producing. Right. So what we are doing is helping the, the supplier to sort but of... the shop would buy 100,000 units. The no, shop might the, buy one or two, might No, they? he would probably buy. Ha- be happy to buy like maybe 50 pieces or 100 pieces. This or, is a big shop in uh, around the corner, Hatton yeah. Gardens or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. And some independent jewellers also. So we're not just exclusively with independents, but there are some larger ones that own maybe 10 or 15 stores. So they'll probably have like maybe 1,200 units. So we're helping to sort of like make sure the demand and supply is sort of being matched in a much more efficient way. Yeah, okay. So the retailer is still, not that I want to get rid of the retailer, some want to save the high street, but you know, it's still an import, even though we might get to an augmented reality that the chain is more about someone who's willing to to, to carry, carry us, you know, the stock and allow, it's sort of that breakdown, allows single purchases and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, it's not just about selling and buying stuff. Customers want that experience. So what, what if you could buy this particular item and when you put your headset on, you're actually taken back into the story of where this gold came from. And you can actually visit the mine that it came from. Maybe you could listen to an interview with a designer about why they designed this specific piece. And maybe Mm. you can then implement blockchain and um, something called NFTs, non-fungible tokens. You could create unique digital Unique certificates for them to say this is a unique item, effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really exciting. I don't see this business as just buying and selling jewellery. I feel it's a lot more and uh, that's what I'm really excited about. So the retailer would be the one putting on the headset to go in the wholesaler and and look at these items and get the history of it more. And And then obviously they would get a load of NFT certificates. They buy 50 items with 50 certificates and stuff. And then that data could also be passed on to the customer, you know, somehow. That do your so does your platform have an ability to sort of white label and extend? Is that something you would think about doing? The retailers themselves tend to be quite sophisticated, do they? And have good shops and good yeah. websites and stuff. So the retailers, I think I'd probably say a lot of their website web presence is a little bit like um basic. They still very much rely on people walking into their stores mm. to make the uh purchases. But people enjoy that as well, going into a jewelry yeah. shop. 
It's um, still, you know, I would say, the way you do it. Pressing it's a bit like the button, buying glasses, pressing the bell to get in because you're not allowed in. Otherwise. So you see, you are my ideal customer that I want to change your perception and feel like uh, if I'm going to buy like... Actually, we buy all our stuff online. My, wife does. <laughs> my wedding ring is like 20 quid from online. My, my wife's great like that. She's like, oh, oh this is ridiculous. But, and, and then we bought um, our engagement <laughs> ring online. And that Amazing. was a funny size one because yeah. I came, I left my wife alone with a laptop for about four hours and I came actually this one and then I, I got the dimensions out and I was like babe that's bigger than your hand she's got <laughs> tiny hands like miniature hands because she was anyway she was ill when she was young so I was just like I was like "If you, oh Jesus no no I don't want that so we went down and down and then the interesting the reta- you were just trying to get it cheaper weren't you no honestly I wasn't she wanted this ruby and I was like that's bigger than that I'll take my eye out you know you're, you're, it's you're. cursed and then the interesting the retailer said to me she's a size I because I happen to remember and then they said um um, they said, right, if you're going to buy this, you can't send it back because we don't, we don't, even though I could select eye on the website, they said, we don't sell many eyes. So you can't take, and I, and I was like, that's not true. I have an absolute right to return yeah, you it. Yeah. You can't say that. So we had a little spit of spat and I said, well, screw you guys. And then I got this phone call from the boss saying, you know, no, 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 it's a terrible mistake. Of course you can return it, you know, and then they sent it. So anyway, I don't know why I'm telling okay, this boring now that story. sounds like it was the world's most expensive ring. Yeah. And that's when they were no, so no, no, desperate no. to it's, send it's it It's better you. online. It's better <laughs> online and it's nice the way you can browse so actually you know we, we but that, if you ask me you know you want to buy some jewelry I mean certain things I, I would never buy jewelry for someone else you know I'd want to do it together and yeah. then it's as you say more of an experience let's go to the store do you know what I mean yeah absolutely I mean I think uh, our high streets are vital for for us and for our sanity and for humanity and social situations and I think that uh, jewelers and retailers do need help and support especially when it comes to bringing more customers in. And if they can do that online and offline and sort of blend the um, those experiences together, then it can only be they a need better to. thing. They need to become a bit more like museums for jewellery, don't they? Yeah. As in they have, no, but <laughs> yeah. you, you, there's a jewellery design. When you meet a jewellery designer and they explain to you why they made this thing the way they made it, you know, it is it is marvellous. It mean, is. It's something really special. Buying jewellery is is not just like going out for milk and bread. It's it's like an event. And most of the our uh, customers who are the retailers, uh, the shop owners, they say that when, because um, I say to them, is it really difficult to sell these items to your customers? And they say no, because when they walk into uh, through our doors, they've already made yeah. the decision to first yeah. buy something special. And they're also willing to part with a certain amount of money, but then it's their jobs to kind of like upsell it or, you know, put, you know, uh, put other products into it. So he said in that way, it's a little bit easier, but then where they, sort of struggle is are their designs what the customer is looking for are they beautiful is it the right sort of diamonds in it or can you customize stuff so that's where they struggle and that's I that's where I feel that we can really come and help them and sort of access those designs from like global suppliers and now a quick word from our sponsor Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Ori Clark was born and raised Right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others get set up and on their way 
Kelly Clark's doors always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. You would think the NFT world is 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 is, is going to be a big thing for the diamond industry. Yeah, it is, and uh, I think there are already some uh, blockchain companies already working on 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 that sort of aspect, especially with the blockchain. They're actually using it to um, track the journey of the diamonds yeah. from the mine. Love diamond and all of that. Yeah, absolutely, and it's incredible the way they're doing it. And I think it's the right time because people um, today, the you know, in this world we're living in, people are actually more conscious about of what they're buying and they actually want their money to make a positive difference. And most people buying diamonds, they do want to see some sort of evidence that this has come from a place that hasn't actually harmed people, which is great. And uh, it really does help sort of like the circular economy. Well, traceability is the, the sort of cornerstone of sustainability or ethics really, isn't it? It's like, can you tell what it is? And globalization, all of that has made it so you know, so confusing and so sort of opaque what's really going on. So thankfully, these technologies are now coming about to, you know, actually work it out. I wonder, um, actually, I must get him to, Oritane is a, a client. They they have a set of technologies where if you give them a piece of cotton, they can tell you by looking at the isotopes. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. You know, or this cotton is from this part of India. You know, Incredible. someone's saying, oh, it's organic yeah. Egyptian cotton. And they'll be like, no, no, it's cheap. Chinese and obviously Nike and people and everyone wants to know this now in America are very keen to know it whether it comes from China and all these sorts of things you wonder whether they could do the same thing for gold is that because there's one thing having a certificate because ultimately I'm going to have an NFT certificate and it's probably just have a lot of pictures mm. of this gold but if it's melted down I mean yeah you know, it's like okay this jewelry item taken from like these 30 pictures of it and maybe there's some mark on it or some code or something that I can relate to. And I'm giving you a certificate that this is unique. But it's diamonds almost easier, having seen real diamonds, that all diamonds, it will have a blemish. It will have something very particular about it. And it's cut and it stays cut. And you could recut it if it was big. But that would be probably easier. But gold and an NFT, you wonder, you almost need that second level that there's an isotope, there's some sort of code to it because there must be a unique signature to every item, you know? That is a great uh, question. Are you sure you're not like a secret gold expert? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He just makes a lot of shit up. <laughs> I just hope some of it sticks. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you're spot on. I mean, the great thing about gold is that it can be repurposed multiple times. So, you know, there's a sustainability element to it. But the downside is exactly what you said. What if you melted three different chains that come from three different mines and now you're going to put them together and create something new. So how do you sort of tag that? So that is something That's that... That's a problem at the moment, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I don't connect you. you maybe, I, don't, I don't think it will work because I think when you're looking at cotton, you're looking at um, a natural product. Or, yeah. And it, you're kind of doing genetics If almost. you've got 24 yeah. karat gold and it's 99.9999% gold, unless you could look at the other things in it and go, well, the, 
the stuff that isn't gold is made up of these things which you find in this area of the world, how are you going to identify where the gold comes from? See, but my, my kind of my point is the sort of art, there is in a lot of industries, there's a real irony, and it's like fish, it's healthy, it's fresh, it's like, it's awful for everyone and we're killing whales and dolphins with it. But the jewelry's a bit like that. It's like, you know, diamonds, these elegant gold, it's sort of all about, you know, and then, and then I've always, not when you go to a retailer, you know, if you go to Tiffany's or you go to this retailer, then they sort of, it all becomes a bit more, De Beers was a bit weird when I went in there, mm. but, you know, it, and mainly because they're really overcharging you but feed you champagne yes. and they treat you so well. <laughs> oh, yes, because you're Ori. about to give and them like, £10,000. This pounds. is great. You and sort of like, feel gonna... guilty and you kind of feel like, ah, I have to buy something I now. I love it because the experience <laughs> is so exciting. I remember this is my ex wife oh, I love it and stuff. And then I just did some calculations like on the back of my hand because I'd started to understand <laughs> diamonds and like and the quality. Out a bit, yeah. yeah, I can't even remember you get the colour and is the number colour and colour and, and, and yeah. I was like this fucking diamond's worth like 300 quid and they're trying to charge me like you know two and a half but this is lovely with the champagne <laughs> but it's quite murky if you go down to Hutton Gardens haven't gone in and out of these places it's yeah. a bit like dodgy you know what Barry you know <laughs> bits of cash under the t- I, that's how it feels yeah. you know I can imagine it with the people with the suitcases yeah. arriving that's because I feel like they're, they're on hyper alert they, they're they probably walking around with like I don't know maybe a million pounds of diamonds in wow. their pocket so like they're the start just, of a murder mystery somebody's yeah. going to get their hands sawn off with uh, you know <laughs> you, have you ever heard of Elsa Peretti does that name mean anything to you she designed all of Tiffany's favourite famous things the back of the, the love chain or whatever and my dear my dear friend is her dear friend and so we walked around town with the bag of the finest Elsa Peretti jewellery in this like shitty sports bag <laughs> yes. that we had to go and deliver for a museum <laughs> exhibition yeah. of she's considered one of the greatest ever jewellery designers she's still alive I believe she's um, uh, incredible if you look up everything looks like it's melting and stuff it's like this but it's what she made Tiffany's basically she is the, the big big items at Tiffany's but it was wonderful what he looks like I'm sorry Antonio an absolute homeless man you know and I look <laughs> pretty shit at the best of times. So he turned up looking like shit with this sports bag and they were basically a bit like, you know, here you. And then we unzipped this bag. It was a was great, this like pretty a moment. Or moment. It, uh, yeah, we, no, we went into Tiffany's to deliver it oh, and stuff. Did. And yeah. then it was just like, they were just like, ooh, anyway, you know, wonderful moments in life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I know some wholesalers who will walk up and down the high streets with like a Sainsbury's or a Tesco carrier bag and you'll just walk past him and then like my co-founder would be like, oh yeah, you know him, he's got like half a million pounds of gold in that Sainsbury's bag. <laughs> yeah. It's probably the way, how do you work out which person to rob? Yeah, it's probably the right way to do it. If you go there and you've got, you know, yeah, the piece in the security yeah. stuff, you know. And then yeah. you open the bag and it's four potatoes and a can of beans. And you're yeah. like, damn. But I think, um, and I'm doing it very badly, I think the thought I was trying to get to is within what you're doing, it's it has an ability to uh, get this transparency, to get away from some of this just sort of, you know, dodgy I don't want to call it dodgy but there is, there is a level of dodginess they are very easy things to um, uh, what's it called when you illegally import you know to yeah I mean illegally are, import yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, there's, yeah there's another word smuggle 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 yeah. they are very easy to smuggle yeah absolutely and like even when you're bringing in these products they are subject to um, a lot of taxes, which then eats into profit margins. So there are people who are operating in this manner, most likely. Um, but by bringing transparency to it and by bringing things online and digital, then it does become much more like easier and... Um, cleaner. 
cleaner. And the tax man will love it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, I think it's a really good point because this industry is still very old fashioned. They are just operating on trust and sort of trusted networks and loads of things are happening sort of like in those little uh, alleyways in Hatton Gardens. Yeah, yeah. And you should, because you can sell more products because you should be more successful with the choice of what you get as a retailer, then also the wholesaler should make more products. And yeah. also Barry used to get his trip to London once a year. He doesn't get his flight anymore. So we've saved yeah. a few quid yeah. on him. Carbon yeah. credits. Carbon credits. Carbon credits. Yeah, it's ethical. Absolutely. All this flying around of stuff. So there's a lot to be said to it. And the, the clever thing about it is you've solved it at the retailer end because ultimately, even though it feels the other way around, they're the ones, that, well, it's the customer who controls it. Yes, really. that's it's right. The, it's like, you know, can we change the world? Well, we can because we're the customers. Yes. And we can buy what we want to buy. You yeah, know? absolutely. And I'll give you another quick example. So one of our um, customers, he's had his shop for like, I don't know, 30 or 40 years. And then he's passed it on to his son. And his son is like a millennial. So he's taken over the running of the, his store. Um, he has a wife, he has two young children. And he always used to say to us, I don't understand why like my parents still expect me to fly to Dubai every six weeks with a briefcase and purchase the stuff. Then I have to come back and then make sure that I've got staff in the shop. Why can't I just buy this stuff online? I do everything online and I want to be able to go yeah. on holiday, be with my wife and kids and still be able to run my shop um, or via my phone and order stock and stuff like that. So I feel like there is this sort of shift to embracing more digital ways of working. And I think shops, even if you have have like a physical presence, you still need to integrate that online presence somehow and connect that customer and get them to come into you. So I think it's going to be changing quite a lot. So that was this week's episode of BWB Extra. Thank you to Suki for joining us. A big thank you to you, dear listener, and we'll be back with a new episode next week. In the meantime, please rate and review us on Apple, follow us on Spotify, and find us on socials at bizwithoutbs. Until next time, it's goodbye.